0: So, I mean, it it really is just the tale of two teams. And it's weird because usually we see one or the other on on a particular game. Today we saw both. The first half was the team that can beat anybody. The second half is the team that can lose to anybody. The unfortunate part about all this is that what else... So, one of the things you need to be able to win in the long run is consistency. It's an aspect of winning um so having the attributes of a winning team is great right there are some teams it sounds like a cop-out thing to say that they'll when they're at their best they can beat anybody yeah anybody can no that's not true there are some teams that just don't have it in them their offense isn't good enough their defense isn't good enough their quarterback isn't good enough their coach isn't good enough whatever something about their identity they're just not ready yet right the lions just aren't going to get there right now someday sure in our lifetime yeah flip a coin i don't know um vikings probably not this year but i think they they have the potential for a big bounce back year next year the bears obviously their defense is their offense isn't right it's just not in the cards for those three teams this year the packers have it they have the team they have the talent they have everything you need to win to win in the long run to win in the playoffs to win a super bowl One of the aspects of winning in the playoffs in the Super Bowl, very obviously, considering that this is a one-and-done playoff system, is consistency. It's not just which team is really good, it's which team can keep from falling apart best. I I really think that that's something to, to focus on. Um, When you're talking about playoff contenders, especially when you look at, for example, the Chiefs, I really think that's a big part of their identity, and I keep harping on them because there aren't that many other teams, obviously the Steelers, but um, when I found out that the Chiefs have not lost a game in the Pat Mahomes era by more than eight points ever since Pat Mahomes has been a quarterback, and that eight-point loss came this year, by the way. I should double-check, make sure they played the Raiders again. All right, they beat them this night. Was close though, man. Raiders play them tight. They play them tough. I I really think that's a part of their uh what makes them so good because I've always harped on the fact that their defense is really not that great, right? The offense obviously is top tier. Uh, arguably the best in football. Um defense I I think is mediocre at best, at best. But yet they're the hands-on favorite even even now. I would say that they're the hands-on favorite. And I genuinely believe a big part of that is their level of consistency. They, You know, if they lose, it's going to be barely. They're always in games. Always, always, always. And if the Packers can't figure out the consistency aspect of this, it's just you could borderline say it's not in the cards. And I, I listen, I'm not trying to be s- ultra-pessimist and throw in the cards. Well, they're a 7-3 and three team. Relax. I get it. And the Colts are a very good team. Similar to what I say after every loss. If you'd show me the stat line, show me this score, show me all this stuff... Would I be upset? No. I mean, obviously I would want to win, but you look at it and go, oh, we lost by three. That's kind of what you would expect. Close game that went in the Colts' favor. I think most people that predicted this game had the Packers probably down by about three-ish. So there's two big-picture ways to look at this. One is the Packers are about the team that we expected. Right? They lost by about three. That's iffy. You know, in, in ten games, how many did the Colts win? Five or six? You could call it five and not be crazy, Especially if you say Fiverr played in Lambeau and Fiver played uh, in Indy, although the Packers don't play very well in Lambeau these days for some weird reason. But consistency is key, especially when another key attribute of this team, one of the big negatives, is how poorly they play after a bye. So our two choices are try to get a bye and then you play terribly or let's not worry about the bye, but then we have an extra game and we have to be consistent for a longer period of time. Well, that's not going to happen either. So there, there are some identity issues that are um, problematic. And right now everybody's trying to decide who to be angry at. Some people want to just throw you know everybody out. Some people just can't get over the fact that the defense is so bad. And, and look, to their credit, although I, I tend to fall on the other side of this, 34 points is the problem, right? 31 to 34, the issue almost never is the 31. Right? To be fair, I do think there are massive questions for the defense. And although I am mostly disappointed with the offense in this game, there's no way the defense escapes scrutiny when the Colts put up 34 points. That's tied for their third highest scoring game of the season. But I will say this, one of the things that I noticed or that I felt in this game particularly was a team that when they made mistakes, it was at the exact wrong time. Right out of the gate in the second half, when things clearly started to fall apart, there was that really, really, really long drive that was nothing but runs. I think a lot of that had to do with Mike Pettin. Mike Pettin and the announcers called him out for this. They had they had driven the ball from, I don't know, probably, let's call it the 25. I don't know if it was a touchback or what. Let's call it the 25. Well into Green Bay territory, I believe, before Mike Pettin decided, probably about five or six straight runs into this series, Maybe we should put another linebacker in. We put another linebacker in, and we get a loss of a yard. For the first time, they've been getting five six-yard chunks nonstop. We bring in a slightly heavier package, and there's a loss of a yard. Immediately, the linebacker comes out. The next play, I believe they got a first down. Actually, I can find it. Let's see. So we got a five-yard run, an eight-yard run, a four-yard run, an 18-yard run, a seven-yard run. So yeah, it was five runs. At this point, it was first and ten from the Green Bay 40-yard line, and they did start at the five. So they had five runs for 42 yards. They bring in another linebacker, and they get it. It, was, it wasn't a loss of a yard. It was no gain. They immediately pull the linebacker out. The next play is an eight-yard run. The next play is a five-yard run. Finally, the defense stiffens up because for some reason, they stop running the ball. I don't know why. One-yard pass, nine-yard pass, negative one-yard run. There's your one-yard run. Then a sack. Then another incomplete. So we force them into a field goal. So, hey, you know what? The defense held up. It wasn't great, They, they, you know, but they held up. So it's not panic time. And, again, at this point in the game, for all the people that hated on the defense, nobody's mad at the defense here. I know, oh, you should be able to stop the run better. Okay, they're in nickel defense, dude. And, look, I, I know... Coach Hahn is going to be kicking and screaming right now, mad at me, that it shouldn't matter and it's not Petten's fault. I, I'm I'm sorry. And I understand if we bring another linebacker in, then maybe they just pass all over us. Maybe. But maybe, let's find out. I know the linebackers are some of the worst players on our team and it's about putting the best 11. But again, this whole drive... And, and here's the other issue. This is the beginning of gassing our defense. This absolutely... Dis- this drive destroyed our defense. It took seven minutes and 17 seconds it was 14 plays 56 yards and over seven minutes of non-stop downhill running so now our defense is completely tired right they need a break so then what happens so the first the first drive and i'm just going to go through this because this was my assessment of the situation it's a lot of little mistakes mostly the offense not coming through not the defense's fault if you remember they're they're very tired right now So what happens? The Packers get the ball. They start off with a three-yard run. Not good enough. The run game is not good enough. I would love it. I know it's, you know, coaches got other stuff to do. I'd love to see if it's the same kind of issues. Then a three-yard pass, which is basically what the whole second half was. Dink here, dunk there, third and short and can't convert. And then you get the incomplete pass to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I don't remember exactly. I'm I'm misremembering because I thought it was the one to the left first. But I believe this is the one that he was expecting Marquez to come back to. Right, because I mean Marquez is running in just an absolute straight line and Rodgers threw it basically to the sticks. So this was a miscommunication, I'm assuming, by Marquez that messed that up. Again, little things, little stupid things that if our head is just in the game, this isn't a problem, man. It's not an issue. But we got stupid little mistakes. Oopsie-daisy, now our defense has to come back out here. They're still huffing and puffing. They're still sucking oxygen on the sideline. Then right off the gate, and I think this is the one I'm not positive. It was somewhere in this drive. It's one of the first two here. I believe it's the second one. So you got right right off right off the bat. And, and this is another problem that I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to put on Pat. Third down defense was garbage. There was way too many times we had him in manageable third down or really long second downs, and it's really just a matter of let's not allow him to get like 30 yards on this so that it's a manageable play on the next down and it was manageable or a third and 20 and we give them 19 yards and then they go for it on fourth and obviously get it how about we try to limit it to 10 yards can we do that if it's if it's third and 20 can we limit it to 10 but how does this next play start Pass complete pass incomplete so it's third and 10 short pass to jonathan taylor for nine yards fourth and one and they run it and they get it big shocker so there's two big opportunities on on second and 10 don't give up the easy nine but i feel like they're they're much too willing to do that Petten loves that little game. Like, look, if it's third and nine, we'll give you nine, but don't let them get ten. They're going to go for it on fourth, dumb-dumb. I mean, it. look, maybe there's a time and a place for it, and I understand the Packers are winning big at this point, and you're thinking, look, we'll just keep them to nine. It's not a big deal. Force them into an opportunity. I mean, they, they have to choose whether they want to go for it on fourth. But they just, they give up the easy passes, and I, I just don't see the Packers getting a lot of these easy things. How often do you see the Packers getting that, like, oh, we'll just take the easy seven that they're giving us? You don't see it often, because they don't give us seven. They give us nothing. We have to earn everything. So anyways, they get another four yard, so that's a first down. I don't think this is the play, it's it's not on this drive, maybe, I don't know. Well, if I can't find it on this drive, then I'll I'll just tell you. Maybe it was in the first half, I don't know. Incomplete, nine yard pass, blah, blah, blah. 3rd and 1, they run for 4 yards. So 3rd and manageable against a gassed defense isn't going to work. That's another thing Pettin needs to realize. We can't allow them to get in 3rd and manageables, 4th and manageables when our defense is super gassed and is not going to be able to stop a 1-yard run. So again, 3rd and 1, they get 4 yards. Then they get the giant 23-yard pass to T.Y. Hilton. Then they run, there's a penalty... They got a touchdown, but it was nullified. We all feel good about it for a half a second. Then they come right back and score a touchdown. Then they get a two-point conversion, and it converts. At this point, it's kind of getting to be panic time. Now it's a three-point game. All the momentum is in their favor. And for the second time, we're looking at this, and it's very obvious. The defense is completely gassed. They have absolutely nothing left. Offense, you have to put together a drive. You have to do something here. You have to at least get a couple first downs. Let the defense get a breath. This is absurd. The Colts have now been on the field for basically an entire quarter. Our defense has been on the field for basically an entire quarter. You have to do something. Not only, First of all, you have to score points, ideally a touchdown, because it's still a one-score game if you get a field goal, but I'll take it. gives the defense a chance to rest. You put together a good drive. It shifts the momentum, makes a field goal not score the game. I mean, it, it's going to make me feel a little bit better, but at the very least, put together some kind of a drive, because this is terrible. So what do they do? Three-yard pass to Sternberger. And a six-yard run, and it's like, all right, perfect. Only need a yard. And then you realize, wait a minute, it's third down again. They might go three and out if they don't get this. You start thinking about running the ball, and you're like, geez, I don't know if they're going to get a one-yard run. What do they do? They decide to pass. And what happens? Nobody gets open. There's a blitz up the middle, and Rodgers basically just burns it into the ground. Looked like a terrible pass, but he basically was just throwing it away because it was an unblocked blitzer from the middle of the field. Coming right at him, he just throws it away, and now our defense has to trot back out there. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm just... I I understand 34 points is not acceptable. But at this point in time, we're not losing this game because of our defense. The defense could be better. It should be better. But at this point in time, I don't expect the defense to do anything. In fact, I expect a touchdown. Guess what? They don't get a touchdown. They get a field goal. Because our defense fought and scrapped to try to just salvage this. They they gave the offense so many opportunities. They could have easily went down and got 21 points on these three drives. They came away with 13. But again, they come out running right out of the gate, 14-yard run. The next play, a 20-yard pass to Pascal. The next play, 8 yards to Mo'Allycock. Right now, they're just getting chunks. Because again, it's, it's now going from playing an entire quarter to playing an entire half of defense. Because our offense can literally not even get a first down. Second and two, they get two yards. So, <laughs> the first time we got them into second down, even though we're already at the Green Bay 22, they go ahead and pick it up. But then what happens? After all this just absolutely horrible stuff, the defense tighten. They stop them. Tyler Lancaster, Chandon Sullivan come up, run for no gain. Right, hey, there's something. There's a spark. Then they get eight yards, but guess what? It's third and two. So what happens? They try to run it up the middle. Adrian Amos for a loss of two yards. Again, they stiffen up. So they kick a field goal, and it's tied. It feels like everything's falling apart, but it's just tied. All it is is tied. We're going to be fine. All we need is the offense. Come on, offense, you can do this. Guess what? Offense doesn't even get an opportunity because Shepard decides to take his turn to say, wait a minute, the special teams hasn't been really that bad yet. Let me take a shot at And the difference in special teams between these two teams is remarkable. The punting was terrible by J.K. Scott, and I don't know what he's got going on. I understand, you know, he wasn't even supposed to be there, caught a private plane, but it was putrid. Their punter kicked every punt right down at the goal line. Their kicker! kicked every single kick at the 1 yard line. We got lucky on that one he let sit there because it barely touched the goal line. I mean, he kicked every kick at the 1 yard line and Sh- Shepherd had to return it and he's not a good returner. I'm sure they know that, which is why they kicked it to the 1, but just the fact that he did it. He didn't accidentally kick it into the end zone except for one time. I mean, you think once in a while you kick it to like the 10. Nope, he kicked it to the 1 and we bring it out to the 4. It was just I mean, it was unbelievable. But of course, Shepard, who hasn't done much for us in general, decides to really mess things up and fumble it. And again, this defense that you guys all hate, it started at the 28-yard line, completely gassed, nothing left in the tank, demoralized. This is pathetic. What is the offense doing? Do they get a touchdown? No, they don't. Because the defense stiffens up again. Again, I, I just, I can't be mad at the defense for this. Granted, this is when the, the penalties start you know coming together, but whatever. They held him to a 3rd-and-2, but there was a 10-yard penalty for holding. Gets him into a 3rd-and-12. Another penalty, brings it to 3rd-and-7. Whatever, incomplete pass. Broken up by Jair. 4th-and-7, just like that. They didn't get a single first down, and they kick a field goal. After all that, you're still looking at it going, Okay, okay, this is the worst thing that's ever happened, and they're only up by three, which is pretty staggering. Round of applause for our defense. That's my perspective. But... in my mind, if we don't do something here, the game is over. This defense is, I mean, I think at this point, the announcers are talking about how the defense has already played way more drives than they average in a game, period. Like, they're way over what normally they would do in a whole game. So then what? We come out, nine-yard pass to MVS. Awesome. I mean, we didn't get that first down yet, which makes me nervous, but hey, it's something, right? Aaron Jones gets exactly one yard. There's the first down. All right, now we're getting somewhere. Aaron Jones runs, gets no gain, which is not good because now in the second half, Aaron Jones has what? Four yards on three carries? The run game is not working. And the other frustrating thing is, at this point, we need to be able to throw the ball. There's no reason the Colts should be stacking the box. I don't know if they are, but this is feeling like the old days where they stack the box and dare us to throw, and we can't do it. That's what it started to feel like, because we could not run. There's nowhere to go. So then we get a 14-yard pass to Aaron Jones over Xavier Rhodes, and it's like, oh, finally, 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 we're moving. It's happening. Two first downs, big play. Then a 10-yard pass to Alan Lazard, another big play. Beautiful. But then what? A 10-yard penalty on Mercedes Lewis. And again, mental stuff, right? Look, I know penalties happen, and maybe it wasn't mental, maybe it's intentional. You try to get away with one. But I feel like you have to know that a gain, you know, a zero-yard gain is better than a 10-yard penalty. You have to know that. Mercedes Lewis has to know that. I know you messed up, again, talking about best blocker and tight end in in football I don't know about all that I talked about that when we got him here I always thought that was overstated he had good years he had years where he was good at one category and bad in the other and vice versa I think there was one year he was good in both categories so it was always a little bit overhyped I've seen numerous times now where run plays fail because Mercedes Lewis can't execute a block I've seen that several times now and this is another one and he decided the best thing he can do is just hold the guy to see if maybe he can get away with it he didn't that was a 10-yard penalty now it's first and 20. So we get 11, which is which is nice, but it's 2nd and 9. Then he throws a 1-yard pass, so it's 3rd and 8. In 3rd and 8, we pick up 7, and again, we need 1 yard. 1 yard is all we need. And what does he do? A fadeaway shot to Jamal Williams. Just missed him by about 15 yards. Turnover on downs. So again, the offense fell apart. They failed. They've done nothing. Nothing. They've put together one drive, and even on that drive, there were mistakes. No run game to speak of. A penalty on Mercedes Lewis, and there was a chance to uh, to Jamal on that play. Not much of one, but he was open, but the ball was way, 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 way out too far. So now we're thinking it's game over, right? We're done. We're toast. There's nothing left. The defense is obviously going to give this up, right? There's, there's just no way. So what happens? First play, 14-yard pass. There we go. Now it's over. They're already to the 48-yard line. Game over. Well, I won't go through play to play to play, but there were a lot of big plays, a lot of, you know, potential, but the penalties caught up with the t- with the Colts. Right, right, fourth and four, there was a 13-yard play, but it came back, ended up at uh, first and 20, second and 20, second and 30, third and 26, and then finally a fourth and 26. But even with the penalties, the defense has to be able to stop them, right? I mean, they ran on second and 30 and only got four yards. Kind of surprising they didn't get 15 on that, considering we're obviously playing dime defense, and our pass rushers are just trying to get to the quarterback. Kenny Clark was able to make a play. Then there was that play by Zadarius Smith, right? Third and 26, obviously they have the ability to do something here. At the very least, get into field goal reign. Zedarius Smith tightens up, right? Kenny Clark comes up with a big stop, and then Zedarius Smith comes around, swats the ball away, almost gets a fumble recovery, but they have to punt. So another eight plays, another 47 yards, and another almost two minutes of time on the field, of game time. I'm sure with all the penalties, it took about 15 minutes, but they somehow forced a punt. Despite, again, great field position for the Colts. Thanks to an offense that can't do anything. But they found a way to tighten this thing up. So finally, the Packers put something together. Incomplete pass, incomplete pass, and then 47-yard pass to MVS. Which, by the way, and I'm sure many people have pointed this out, as mad as everybody wants to get at MVS, there's nothing. There's no hope without MVS. If it wasn't for this 47-yard pass, there's a good chance we go three and out on this drive. Rodgers just says to heck with it and launches it up to MVS for 47 yards. He not only has the speed to get down there, Rodgers throws a perfect pass, but he catches it. He comes down with it. Then there's a 14-yard pass to Adams. I will say I thought the time management here was putrid. They did get down and stop the clock. There's 57 seconds left. We're on the 33-yard line, right? That, that's a lot of time. They get an 18-yard pass, stop the clock again. There's 43 seconds left. Well, there's 42 now. We ran one more play, and there's 12 seconds left. 12 seconds left, because Rodgers is standing at the line forever. And I don't know, maybe he's doing that on purpose because he doesn't want to give them a chance to come back. And granted, it was fourth and three anyways, so maybe that's best case scenario. You don't want to give him any time, but that was frustrating. And then to take all that time and just not have anything there. Right, third and three, and you throw an incomplete pass. So now it's fourth and three, and you kick a field goal. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get ten percent off your first purchase by going to arenaclub dot com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer! Ten percent off a four hundred dollars slab pack—that's forty bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub dot com slash packdaddy for ten percent off your first purchase. I mean, in hindsight, I guess we should have just gone for it, but obviously, that was the right call at the time. I shouldn't even say obviously. I mean. Let's, 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 let's just be honest about it, and I, I hate to Monday morning quarterback because I'm sure that you know Matt LaFleur made a, a decent decision here, but what are the odds you're going to be a better position to win the game than right here, right? Fourth and three at the eight-yard line. I mean, I, I just, even if you win the coin toss, your offense has to put together a drive and go all the way down the field and score a touchdown to win, or drive all the way down the field and get a field goal, and then your defense has to stop the Colts. I don't know, I, I field goal probably is the right call, but you could definitely make a case that going for it right here was the best option. But anyways, they kick a field goal, we go into halftime, and you know what happened next, right? Started to look real good, got an 8-yard pass right off the bat, we're moving. I, I, I think every Packer fan is looking at this thinking, we're, we're going to do this. All right? we just orchestrated a drive down the field, we got the ball back, we're feeling good. 8-yard pass right out of the gate, you give it to MVS, like boom, this is going to be a first down, he fumbles the ball, game over. So again, I cannot look at this and say that the defense fell apart. I I look at this and say the defense fought valiantly. It wasn't perfect. There were a lot of issues. I'm not taking them completely off the hook. But I, I would say that more often than not, we got best-case scenario out of our defense. And all we needed was a little something from the offense, and there was just nothing there. And again, it was usually just little stuff. I don't know why my memory is messing things up, but I distinctly remember a pass to the left, to that must have been in the first half, although I don't remember things going poorly in the first half. But there was a, a pass to the left to MVS that sailed, he, he was open, and it sailed way over his head. Just way over his head. Maybe it was Devontae, and I just thought it was MVS, I don't know. But he was open, and he just missed him. Just stupid stuff like that. Like If you just throw a better ball, and then again, the, the, the next drive, MVS is supposed to squat at the, the sticks, and he doesn't. And so a miscommunication messed that up. And a holding call messed up the other one. And, and the play that I was remembering on the defense that upset me, that, again, I couldn't find here, so maybe it was in the first half also. But the defense had the opportunity. It was a third and long. The defense had the opportunity to make a stop. Let's call it third and 20. He throws about a 15-yard pass, and there's some green grass in front of him, and there's three Packers defenders. The two guys from the side converge. Kevin King is the guy in the middle. He stands behind the sticks, and he starts doing the whole like goalie thing. Like, oh, 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 don't get past me. Rather than charging in and blasting the guy, he's scared of him getting around him. So he relies on the two guys from the side to create apparently some kind of side pressure to stop him before the stick. Kevin King moves up a little bit, basically to the sticks, so that when he falls backwards, it's a first down. Look, if, if you're going to design plays, and, and, and same thing, if you're going to design plays so that you give up the underneath stuff, but you don't give up the first down, cool, but if you're going to give up 15 yards on third and 20, again, I'm making up the numbers, but it's something like that, you better stop them at 15. Stop them at 16. Don't let them pick up the extra five. And again, you got three defenders there. I mean, it, you know, it, one of the real good things or, or not so good things about all the Coach Hawn things is you realize it's not so simple as, as blaming the scheme or the coach all the time, although I do think there is a, a big part of that if nothing else, they're not ready to play football. I mean, the, 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 it's, it's a game that requires you to make the least mental mistakes possible. At the end of the day, it's, it's a lot of times it's the most disciplined team wins. I think that was a big part of the Patriots' success for so long. They were just so disciplined. They just didn't make mistakes. And it was a team that if you started making mistakes, you're going to lose because the other team doesn't make mistakes. The Packers are a team that just makes a lot of mistakes, a lot of silly mental errors that just ruin drive. And you want to look at it and say the offense is trash, but it's like the offense isn't trash. The offense was fine. Nothing went wrong. We completed, a. you got a three-yard run, that's fine. You got a three-yard pass, that's fine. Now it's third and, third and very manageable. You just got to convert. Oops, airmailed the pass. Oh well, got a punt. You know what I mean? It's just its just that one little thing that seems insignificant, but it ruined the whole game. But, I, you know, yeah, I think there are serious questions about the defensive scheme, in my opinion. I think there's serious questions about defensive play. But again, the, the problem is, anytime you want to isolate one thing, you can find the good in the game, right? Well, how can you be mad at King? Look at what he did in the first half. Yeah, I'm sure he was great. Hard to be mad at Jair for giving up that one big first down conversion when he, that was basically the only pass he's given up the whole year. It's an exaggeration, but I mean, the guy's just locked down. Hard to be mad at Z. I thought he looked good. Came up big in the clutch. I, I I can't get mad at Rashawn. I thought he held that edge like a monster all day long. And I know he had one, at least one really good pressure that caused a, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was a classic Rashawn's pressure doesn't get home, but it causes something to get messed up. Oh, it was uh, a near sack that, that ended up getting escaped, but I think he threw it away anyway. Preston I can probably get a little bit mad at maybe there was some good in there I didn't see but the constant penalties destroyed us Kenny was I thought he was decent I don't know he we saw him bring some pressure he got a sack he brought a couple pressures I thought he looked decent in the run game can I just ask a question though real quick did that dude gain 30 pounds I'm not kidding I I I was looking at him and I didn't know who that was I thought it was Billy Wynn or maybe Tyler or uh yeah Tyler Lancaster was a little blacker that day or something. I, I I just I didn't know who that guy was. He looks really large. Maybe he's always been that. I just I, I I swear I had no idea who that guy was. When I saw it was Kenny Clark, I was like, oh well, that's why he's not getting any sacks. He's 400 pounds. I don't know. Maybe it was just the my TV's going bad or something. I don't know, just just an observation. I don't know. But that's the other issue. It's hard to pinpoint. Like who are you mad at? I I don't know. Man. I thought Amos came up big a lot. I thought Raven Green came up big a lot. Billy Wynn, who I just mentioned, had a couple big plays in there. I feel like that guy, every he rarely gets time, but he's always making plays. Dean Lowry, I don't know if he plays for this team anymore. I never see him. I see Lancaster. I see Wynn. I see Clark. I see Zadarius Preston, and Rashawn. I don't know where Lowry is. Apparently, he's out there. Maybe they officially pulled him. I don't know. But, i you know, I see Martin making plays. I mean, I'd, on some level, somebody's messing up somewhere. But, again, it's just everybody does their job, but one guy messes up, and it causes a 15-yard run. Linebacker isn't where he's supposed to be. Defensive tackle doesn't, you know... Get where he's supposed to be. Offensively, I want to be mad at Rodgers. He killed some of these drives with bad throws. But his stats are off the charts, man. I bet PFF gives him a pretty solid grade. I don't know, but I would bet they do because for the most part of this game, he looked pretty decent. Hard to be mad at Aaron Jones because he had nowhere to run and he helped us in the pass game. Maybe some of those runs are his fault. I'm sure one or two of them were. But for the most part, I mean, can you hang the game on him? MVS is, is an easy one to make fun of. But he's the only reason we had a shot at this game. Devontae, he didn't do anything wrong. He came up clutch when we needed him. Mercedes, I mean, I, I don't know. I, we, we He had a holding call, but he also came up clutch on one pass. I'm sure he had several decent blocks. The offensive line, I you know, maybe we can get on their case. It was probably a little bit more pressure than you like against this team that struggles to get any pressure. You know, it's frustrating when you hear Justin Houston with the sack. That's his first sack in five games. <laughs> Thanks, Billy. I mean, again, I mean, Rogers held the ball a little bit too long, but, I, you know, I, again, it's just, it's, it's not an individual, it's just the whole team needs to just get their act together. Just figure it out, dude. We just need 11 guys to do their job all at the same time, consistently down the field. And, and again, the consistency that doesn't happen on a small scale, on a micro level, it, it, it lends itself to the, the big picture. The inconsistency from one half to the other. The inconsistency from one game to another. The inconsistency where you see a 13-3 and team and everyone says they're frauds. Or a 7-3 and team that nobody has confidence in. A team that has all the talent in the world to get in the playoffs, through the playoffs, and win a Super Bowl. But everybody kind of knows that that's not going to happen. And again, it, it comes down to discipline. I, I don't know if, if Pettin is the answer or not. I, I, whether it's a scheme issue or not, I, I tend to think there are some scheme issues. I don't like the passivity, the passiveness I'm under the impression that Matt LaFleur has called timeouts now several times to tell him, no, you're not allowed to do a three-man rush here, Mike. And so they put a fourth guy out there. And even then, it's like, why don't you go... I mean, you let me, let me tell you who the player of the day was. I'll, I'll, I'm going to give a game ball out here. It's a guy that I've never said a good word about in my life. It's Troy Aikman. That was the only time I've ever listened to him. He didn't say one thing that upset me. I thought he was perfectly reasonable... All day long, and one of the things that he called out, he called out the Packers a couple times, but it was all about reasonable stuff. I thought he was completely reasonable on all the penalties and all the touchdowns and all the reviews. He didn't, not one thing he said sounded unreasonable. One of the things he called the Packers out about is, hey, their quarterback is hobbled. Not only did, did Kenny Clark blast him right in the ribs and he's got serious rib issues, but Zedarius jacked up his leg. He can't throw. He's got rib pain on the right side of his, of his body where his arm is. I don't know if he, you know if you got like busted up ribs and you try to like lift or jerk your arm around like you know, let's say you're throwing a football as an example, that kind of hurts also, as he pointed out as a former quarterback, if you can't get up on your toes because your right leg is jacked up, so his right ribs and his right leg are jacked up, he's, he's in a lot of pain. This is an opportune time to go after him. He's, he's a sitting duck. Go get him. Bring five, bring six. No, nope, they're going to bring four. Which in Pettin's defense, if it's a third down and you're bringing four, that's heavy pressure. He's a sitting duck. Go get him. Bring him numbers mismatch. But Petton is terrified of not having 15 guys in coverage. He just he just obsesses about it. I, and and it, it's it's his inability to get away from that situationally. Right, we're getting destroyed on the ground right now. They're committing to the ground game. We need to stop playing nickel and dime defense. Bring out another linebacker. Play heavy and stop the run. Right? This is an opportunity to go get the quarterback. We're gonna take out one of our DBs, or you know, blitz a DB, or take him out for 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 another pass rusher, something. I don't do something. I mean, even Capers had like the NASCAR. If I'm bringing four, fine, but it's gonna be four pass rushers. His NASCAR package where he had literally four edge rushers on the defensive line, and that's it. There was no there was no defensive tackles on the field. But he just, he wouldn't. There's a four-man rush. But anyways, you know, whether you want to blame Pettin or not, what we need, it's, it's, I shouldn't say it that way. Whether you want to blame Pettin's scheme or not, and I do think there's real serious critiques there about his decision-making. Maybe maybe you don't even want to call it scheme, it's just decision-making. It's not a scheme thing, what, what, what personnel you're in. That's just a decision to go from nickel to base. Scheme is what you do while you're in that. I mean, maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but I'm I'm trying to make a distinction here. You can do the exact same play call. It's just a matter of, are you using a cornerback to execute that or a linebacker? And I think the decision-making by Mike Pettin is is not great in certain circumstances. But regardless of all that, what, what they need more than anything is discipline. And that's offensive and defensive. And the thing is, this is year two, and we've known this for a while, and, and, and I don't know what you do about it. I don't know how you get guys to, to mentally get where they need to be. I mean, and again, this is, this is one of the, the great things and also horrible things about football is it just takes one bad play. It takes one slight mental error to completely ruin a game. Think how devastating that is for a defense to get completely gassed and your entire offensive drive which is fine for the first two plays gets killed because on third down a guy just oh yeah shoot I was supposed to stop there and I kept running that's it and that just that basically ruined it killed your drive killed your momentum killed your stamina killed your 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 uh, passion your your mental desire And you put your defense back out there, and now they're super, super gassed. I mean, you put yourself in a really, really, really bad spot because of one small, tiny mental error that could happen to anybody at any time, but I really needed you to not do it right there. And then the the only final note I would have is Matt LaFleur has to get better at making adjustments. If Matt LaFleur has a great game plan, awesome. And he had a great game plan, but you've got a fantastic coach on the other side. The Indianapolis Colts have a great staff. I mean, their GM is is top-notch. Their head coach is top-notch. Their defensive coordinator is top-notch. These guys are really, really, really on top of their game. And they put together a new plan. They said, hey, let's try this. And the Packers just didn't know what to do. And you could see it. They were flustered. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't pass the ball. And on some level, you need Matt LaFleur to say, all right, here's what they're doing, here's how we're going to adjust. And, and maybe it happened. It's hard to say because they played about six offensive snaps. They didn't get a lot of opportunities to try to string something together. But that's kind of the point, right? How are you going to revive this thing? How are you going to put it back together? Matt didn't figure it out. Uh, he's a young coach. You, you want to give him a little bit of grace, a little bit of leeway. But as most people will point out, we got a window with Rodgers. And that's part of the problem with getting a new defensive coordinator. I mean, on one hand, you're saying, well, I don't want to waste any more time with Mike Pettin. The problem is we might be burning a whole year if we get a new defensive coordinator. I mean, there's no telling if we bring a guy in, maybe it'll work right away, but he's got to be a guy that wants to use these particular pieces. Not every defense in the world wants these kinds of pieces. I mean, we can't go out and get a 4-3 guy. We can't go get Zimmer. I mean, maybe we could. We kind of talked about that before in the past, about how a lot of these guys could technically convert. You could put Zadarius hand in the dirt. Rashawn absolutely could be a down defensive end, so maybe it could work. I, I may Maybe. Maybe that's one of the benefits of being a hybrid kind of defense is you can go either way with it. But, I mean, again, you're starting the process of needing new guys, right? You know, let's just say, for example, and I don't think it's going to be Zimmer, but just use that as an example. Well, Zimmer's going to come in and say, look, um, I I need, first of all, I need a nose tackle, like a true nose. I love Kenny. Glad we paid him. That's awesome. But I like the Michael Pierce's. So I need that 340-pound guy. Also, I put a lot of emphasis on my linebackers. I need really good linebackers it's a different identity so we got to go in a different direction and he needs different pieces that's not, again that's not to say that he can't make it work and just magically snap his fingers and make this a better defense that's more disciplined he calls better plays makes better decisions puts guys in a better chance better uh, position to succeed utilizes guys talents better I don't know but it it's it's a high risk thing when you're running out of time I mean at the end of the day it doesn't matter if if, if mike petton isn't the answer he's not the answer and if, if if getting rid of them means burning another year, another year of bad defense, and then it is what it is. We can't just keep them because, because Rodgers. But um, I mean, it, it's it is frustrating. It's it's especially frustrating because usually when you look at a team and you look at the problems, you you find the personnel issues, right? I mean, sometimes it's it's coaching or whatever, but it's identifiable we need a new coach we need a new quarterback we need a new whatever right the, the the Vikings need to get some of their players back uh Daniil Hunter for example they need their corners to kind of step up a little bit um Michael Pierce get him back and, and then we're kind of right back in the running already the Bears we need a better quarterback the Lions need a new coach and GM that's what the, the it's, it's identifiable it's one two three this is what we need the Packers what do you need need a new GM no you need a new coach no need a new quarterback no How about wide receivers? I mean, we could use some extra, but Lazard and Devontae are more than capable NFL wide receivers. How about a running back? We got good running backs. In fact, it's about to get a lot worse next year. Well, how about pass rushers? No, we're good. You need a quality interior defensive lineman? Well, we got one. Okay. How about a lockdown corner? Well, we got one of those too. Okay. So what's the problem? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Well, they're not playing well. well. I mean, they are, but then they don't. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. And again, I, I you know I can sit here all day and say, well, it happens to everybody, but it needs to stop happening. That, that, that's all there is to it. And it does happen to everybody. I mean, the Vikings were on a four-game win streak. They lost to the Dallas flipping Cowboys. Yes, it happens to everybody, but it, it can't happen this often. It can't be this frequent. When was the last time they put together just a dominant performance? There was the first half, but then they fell apart, so this game doesn't count. The Jaguars game we won, but clearly that was not what you want to see from a Super Bowl-caliber team. The 49ers game, I would say, was was solid. That's what you want to see more consistently, and, and it doesn't even have to be that. It doesn't have to be 34-17, to 17, but the game before that we lost. Then you got the t- Texans game, that was a great game, but then we lost to the Buccaneers. We dominated the Falcons 30-16, to 16, beat the Saints. So, I mean, it's just, and, and here's the thing. Look, you got great game against the Vikings, great game against the Lions, good game against the Saints. Great game against the Falcons, fell apart. Great game against the Texans, fell apart. Great game against the 49ers, kind of fell apart, kind of fell apart. Now we got back-to-back. And, I, and I'll tell you what, I, I don't feel good about the Bears game because at the end of the day, what this team needs, we can talk all we want about Mike Pettin, we can talk about the defense, and I'm not happy, and 34 points is unacceptable. This team is not going anywhere until their offense learns to overcome good defenses. That's it. The offense couldn't figure out how to overcome the Colts in the second half. That's why we lost. The offense could not figure out how to overcome the Jaguars' defense, which is one of the worst defenses in football. That's pathetic. We barely won that game. And people want to blame them, the defense for that game, too. 13 points the Jaguars scored. What are you talking about? They got 20, and seven of it was special teams. 13 points. The def- look, the defense needs to be criticized for certain things, but people who are anti-defense at this point need to chill because now it's just no matter what they do, you hate them. You need to set an expectation and see whether or not they reach that or not, right? If, if, if the, the Colts are starting on our 38-yard line and come away with a field goal, and your takeaway from that is our defense sucks, dude, grow up. Again, criticize away, but let's be intelligent about what we're criticizing, because that's silly. Let's be realistic about a team that has played, you know, 17 minutes by the time the third quarter finishes, I right? Just, I'm, I'm making up numbers, but it's just, it's absurd, and so we're going to go up against the Bears, and it really just comes down to which offense can overcome which defense. The Bears' offense, which is terrible, has to figure out how to get started. It doesn't really matter what defense is in front of them. they got to figure out what to do. But the Packers' offense has to figure out how to beat a defense that's a high-quality defense. And not only that, they've got a really good pass rusher. This is the first really good pass rusher the Packers are going to see all year. And he's lined up directly across from Mr. Billy Turner. So we're going to see how high-quality this guy is. His first test ever as a Packer at right tackle. So um, this is make or break in my opinion. I'm not a believer, but all you guys who are saying, you guys are too mean to Billy Turner. He's a great football player. He could play anywhere along this offensive line. He's frequently the only guy that gives up a sack in a game. And he is. this is the first time he's going up against a quality player like Khalil Mack. If he can hold it to like one sack, then I'll, I'll back off a little bit. I'll, I'll give him, I'll handicap him one sack. If you shut down Khalil Mack to one sack and maybe I don't know two pressures, maybe I'll give. I, I don't know. I'll see what Brian Balaga did last year. I'd look it up now, but I'm way over time, and I, I apologize for the random inserting of ads because I didn't leave myself a break, so I'm just gonna have to drop it in somewhere randomly. And and I, I don't leave a lot of pauses, so I you know finding one is gonna be impossible. So you know, it is what it is. It's 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 whatever. I I want to I want to talk for a very long time, but I gotta get going. That, I mean, that, that's, that's what it is, and we all know what it is. It's a quality team. What they need, they don't need a coach. They don't need new players. They don't need a new GM. They need discipline. And that comes down to the coach. And I don't want to get rid of the coach. I love Matt LaFleur. He does a great job. He got the locker room back together. He's great at, at, you know, he's, at implementing the scheme and all that stuff. But he needs to get better at making adjustments, and he needs to figure out a way to instill some discipline in this team. Period. And we we can we can you know expand on that right. I would like to see the run game get going. That's kind of your whole thing. The offensive line not executing basic blocks is kind of pathetic, Matt. Figure it out, bro. But anyway, I you know again talking in circles. I got to get going. But uh, you guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye bye.